and thank you for tuning into the Light It Up podcast. On today's episode, Tom had the pleasure of sitting down with Michael Sestalk of Sestalk Lighting Design. Michael is a 13-year member of the AOLP and currently sits as the co-chair of the Certified Outdoor Lighting Program, otherwise known as the COLD Program. I'll let Tom pick it up from here. Michael, welcome. Would you please introduce yourself uh, and tell us something about you and what you do and all of that? <laughs> Good morning, Tom. Nice to hear you. And uh, my name is Michael Sestock. I run a lighting design company called Sestock Lighting Design, and we founded this business in the year 2000. So, uh, gosh, we've been doing it for 20 plus years now. It feels kind of funny to say that, but that's the truth. It's amazing time flies. Do you know, you said lighting design. Do you get into any installation? We do. I'll tell you, Tom, when I, short story, when I got into this business specifically, I thought, well, yeah, I, I know how to do it, but I want it to be a hybrid, meaning design, install, commission, procure the product, the whole thing. You know, initially I saw this as a terrific uh, opportunity to express artistry and how uh, lighting was applied everywhere. Typically it starts inside the home or outside the home. And I thought, well, I, I know what fixture might work, but there's plenty of fixtures out there that may work better. And so I looked for those, found them, sold them to clients. And I thought, you know what, I, I'm not gonna hire somebody else to do this, I can do this too. So became a, a, a hybrid, as I said before, from start to finish. And I think that's what most clients like to see in here is someone that can, uh, you know, meet for the first time and then close when the project's done and you have succeeded in meeting their, uh, their goals and desires all the time where you were the professional there putting it all together for them, designing it, planning it, buying it, digging it up <laughs> or opening up walls inside or out and finishing the project all with one company. And I think that's uh, been a big factor for, for most people in our business, but especially the homeowner, they want one team to get in and get it done and one person to, to respond with. I think that's been working for quite a while now. So you specialize on both interior applications and exterior. That is correct, Tom. I I, <laughs> I kind of went got into this lighting business in a unique way where I was uh, leaving one industry. I was involved in the food service or, or food production industry for a while, but it had matured in my uh, mind and I was looking for something else. And I don't want to say this kind of fell in my lap, but that is kind of an often heard phrase for <laughs> a lot of folks that find this industry. It's not something you would aspire to in high school, say, I want to be that when I grow up. But I uh, I just wanted to make things better and bring, uh, bring a, a better light to <laughs> what uh, was in our house and it kind of mushroomed from there. I got my... Uh, California state contractor's license, electrician's license from the very start. But I will say I had some history before I could even sit for the test. My dad was an electrician in the Navy and oldest of three boys, you, you've got the tools in your hand first. So I had a lot of, um, let's just say on the, <laughs> in the room experience, 
that uh, piqued my uh, engineering skills and my ability to do things, you know, how to <laughs> how to operate tools and so forth. So uh, it was kind of a natural progression, but uh, putting that into a professional uh, license is altogether different. So I went to school. I have some hours on the job with as an apprentice and then sat for the test and uh, I passed the very first time. So in some ways that, that contractor's license as an electrician has been a golden ticket to contract for anything electrical related, I choose to use my license for lighting specifically, which means at the most basic level, you can run a new branch circuit to wherever you need it to be. Now, if folks in our industry are not C10 or electrician, then they can contract for someone to bring that service where it's needed. But taking it from there, it's really all about power distribution and any landscape lighting project, knowing the theory, how it works, why it works, why it doesn't, what went wrong. A lot of factors are involved there. I like what I do. Sure. No, um, that's very, very impressive. And I would say that you have a leg up on a lot of people because you do understand, you do deal inside and outside. And it's, you know, it's really two different worlds because you're de dealing with, in a lot of cases, different types of equipment, different types of dimmers, different types of, you know, obviously, you know, you're dealing with 120 volts, you'd be dealing with 24 volts, 12 volts, and all of that. And, you know, get into, you know, probably a little bit more on the inside, um, electronic transformers, which... Um, perform totally different than magnetic transformers. You probably get a little DC current as well. And so you've got, I guess, be pretty well rounded to um, know all of the idiosyncrasies with with all of them, right? I, I, how can I say it any better? <laughs> you, you must know the differences and know how to articulate their differences to the the, the client, whether the client is uninformed or knows a lot, you have to be able to explain why this is and why this isn't. And that is knowledge that is either learned in the field or you've kept under your, your belt. You've got to know it. You just got to know the theory before you get started. You can't really say, here's a pretty light. I hope it works. Let's make, you know, <laughs> so yes, to your point, you do need to know a lot about a lot of little things so that you know if this route's going to work or not. And if it's not, you have to be able to tell them why it isn't and, and offer the opportunity or the uh, the alternative to make it work. That's that's pretty big in our industry, you know. No, it really is, especially over the last, let's just say, 10 years, because 30 years ago when I started and when you started, it wasn't like this. I mean, you <laughs> right. dealt with incandescent lighting. You dealt with, uh, uh, you know, the, the big thing is, you know, incandescent halogen, you know, the same thing. And, uh, you know, the different types of loading on transformers and all of that for the most part, you know, with a, you know, dimmers would work with this product or that product. And now it's not like that anymore. 
you know, a lot of things are, a lot of things have changed. There's things that you have to take in account for when dealing with LEDs and everything from inrush currents to mm-hmm. loading. Uh, this is where power factor and VA ratings become even more important because, you know, of all the electronics that are involved as well. So it's an interesting time that that we live in. We're kind of in that transition from, you know, or well, I guess we're beyond the transition. We're kind of in the thick of things from LEDs and we're to the point where, you know, we're all trying to perfect them and we're all learning and components are continuously developing and all that. And if you're not, you know, staying on top of those types of things, um, you know, if you step out for a year or something like that, you could really lose it, you know? That that That's a good point there. You, as a seasoned professional in the lighting industry, it's up to me to stay up to date on what is happening from year to year. It's, it's vital because as you said, XYZ manufacturer could go out of business and a new one could come in and you'd have to be able to, you know, figure out who's who, why they're who, why they're good, and know why you want to work with with that just as a just as a company way, but technology, everything is key. I want to say that I uh, attend Light Fair every year up until last when it was virtual or will be this year. But in San Diego when they had the Light Fair last maybe it was like 4 4 or 5 years ago, mm-hmm. there was not a single halogen light on the floor at all zero it had completely gone to led that that was not found and it was astonishing uh change from year to year and so when led is now it it is the thing we talk about every day our wish is to make that light look like what we grew up with as you said that that orange 2700 kelvin grocery store lamp bulb i call for those as how to make it look like that and and that's a first start but then you've got to be able to say well we can we can go that route and try that and work with different color temperatures but then we if it's just an on off switch we're golden but as soon as you put dimming into it you're in a whole set of uh requirements with uh just the dimmer itself, the driver that controls the light, and and so many aspects just to make the whole system function. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. And just like you mentioned, you know, who's here today, gone tomorrow. And, you know, there's one company that here's recently split off that we thought would be around for many, many years is Cree. You know, Cree yeah. was one of the, you know, they're in, they're kind of in my neck of the woods. Uh, they're in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, or Research Triangle Park, up in that uh, mm-hmm. technical <laughs> area. And, um, you know, we thought Cree was going to be around forever. You know, they produced, you know, everybody, you know, wanted to grow up and be like Cree or perform like Cree and this and that. And here they go, sell off all of their products to, a, you know, kind of a non-lighting type of guy. And they're off doing doing other things so yeah yeah it's 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 pretty crazy so anyway um let's let's uh start talking a bit about the 
AOLP, Association for Outdoor Lighting Professionals. Mm -hmm. um, when did you get involved with the AOLP? You know, I had to look back at my records, and I think I got involved 2008, 2009, one of those two years in there. Was it called AOLP back then? It was then, but it has been called different names earlier. And to be honest, I don't have <laughs> the early iteration names on them, but they were long acronyms. And I would be remiss if I started to try to create that. But AOLP, as I understand, is our national trade association for professional business people that are involved with the outdoor lighting industry. There, that's that's a mouthful right there. Sure. It, you know, rather than being one off and two off, and I'm my own little private Idaho, wherever I am doing my own thing, that's good until you need help. Right. And you can find help either online, wherever you look for help, you can find it. But why not go to the National Trade Association that's there for you, where you can talk and share with fellow uh, professionals like yourself. And it's there's a free a free exchange of ideas within our organization in the hopes that with that, all boats float higher by the exchange of information and the betterment of our industry. Right. So uh, do you get calls from, you know, fellow AOLP members and say, hey, I'm kind of stuck here. Can I bounce something off of you? Exactly. Those are the kind of calls that come in. You know, I've got this project and I I saw what you did. Does, what did you use for that? You know, it's just very kind of... Um, Curious questions. Matter of fact, there aren't. They aren't. Um, I've got this crazy idea. What do you think? And now some of it could be that, but they're real nuts and bolts questions pertaining to a real situation. And uh, you just give your answer. If if you've been in that situation, you offer that advice, and you have a little free exchange, no cost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's that's a rarity in our business world. You know, and other associations or industries who talk about territory and competition, and those are buzzwords about keeping it all to yourself, right? But in this particular low-voltage landscape lighting industry, there aren't that many of us, you know? So we seek each other out to glean those those solvable, those questions that need answers for the right solution. So that that in itself, I think, is is one of the best parts of who we are, the free exchange of idea. Sure. No, I couldn't agree more that uh, that's such a huge benefit. And even in the ALA that I'm a part of, it's the same way. When you walk through the doors of an engineering subcommittee meeting, the boxing gloves come off the check your guns at the door and whatever <laughs> and it's an exchange of ideas and you know what w one of the nice things about it is uh, the relationships that you pull together you don't mind calling xyz guy and saying hey can you help me out with this and probably almost 10 times out of 10 unless you're in somebody's backyard will yeah. they say you know, this is my thoughts and whatever. But, you know, I've called our 
direct competitors and said, hey, would you mind, you know, whatever? And they're always willing to help because there's, um, you know, like you said, there's only, there's so few of us that are out there. And you know what? At some point, you're going to have a question and you'll want to go out there and, you know, ask somebody their opinion about one thing or another. So, yeah, I quite agree. There's a secondary opportunity within the AOP program, and that gets us into the Certified Outdoor Lighting Designer Program called COLD. It's where, and maybe getting ahead of ourselves, but, but we can set you up as a mentor to a new student so that when that student is in the specific educational program, you've got somebody with you that can help you get through the course and actively assist when you want that help. I'll, I'll phrase it that way. But there is that method there where we will assign you in a mentor. So you really get some one-on-one -on -one when it's desired and wanted. You know, the teachers aren't going to call you. The students got to call you. And so there's a unique scenario as well where you have a one-on-one -on -one sure. opportunity. Absolutely. So let's back up a step or two. And l let me ask you, why did you get involved in the AOLP? Uh, why? Yes. Well, I, I saw it as a network that I wasn't a part of yet. And that network is valuable. It allows the free exchange of ideas, the opportunity to find out who might be nearby or who might be in a state away from you where you may have a client and you want to say, well, you know, I, I, you're, you're in the Midwest and I'm on the West Coast, but I think there might be somebody within our organization that could be in your region. And so there's a way of saying, well, here, give this guy a ring. That's a promotion of, of XYZ in your neighborhood there. But I think the general uh, reason was to be part of the org an organization bigger than yourself and then realize that there is an industry out there that's bigger than you for knowledge, education. That's key. You know, as a sole proprietor, business owner, I am always looking for information, ways to get the right kind of product, the ways to get things installed a little easier. All, all those tips are there when you ask about it. So that was a great organization to be part of. Sure. Uh, I referred that that's the only national trade association about landscape lighting, you know? Right. Right. If you're you a business have, owner, you got to be part of it. It's got to be your annual, annual uh, it's, membership. It's a smart thing to do. And, you know, people will always say this about joining any organization is, um, number one, you, you need to do it. You need the relationships. You can't do everything on your own. Um, you're going to need somebody at some point, and, you know, it's just a great group of people, too. And you, you have to make the time, and then you have to put something into it. For what you put into it, you will get at least 10 times the amount out. So. I couldn't agree more. Oh, one other thing, I think when you when you have a your business um, documents, paperwork, and you put down your memberships of you know your those letters after your name, who you are, your credentials. If you show your clients that you're part of a national organization, it makes them think you're pretty good. 
Sure. Right. Absolutely. You're not, you're not just a single guy out there doing your thing. You are part of a network and that elevates your position to the client and yourself and your membership. No, absolutely. Have you held any positions on the AOLP? Uh, I am currently the co-chair of the cold uh, committee on the AOLP network. Other, other times I've just been member at large. Okay. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. Let's just keep it at there. You know, there's always so you, the, always you the share, ask. <laughs> yeah. You share that with Andy Thomas, right? I do. Yes. Yes, okay. we do. Okay. That's what I thought. So, um, you know, I wanted to talk to you in this podcast because you do share the cold program responsibilities. So can you kind of get into a little bit what the cold program is all about? What does it stand for? And all of that. Okay, certainly. Uh, the cold COLD uh, stands for certified outdoor lighting professional. And what what this program does, it's a it's a two year, two to three year program. We're developing that to be more efficient now that we are in a uh, a new virtual world, getting ready to get back into a real world. But it's essentially a a course that will teach you as a landscape lighting uh, person how to be professional in front of your client so it gets it gets you into a new strata where you're presenting a completed concept to the client on 24 by 36 paper that looks professional you've got your your drawing laid out you're showing enough information to the client that they know what you're talking about and you've been able to present your ideas to them. It gets you away from that uh, pencil on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that says here, this, what do you think of this? Give me the check and let's do the project. You know, we, we all know how to do that part, but this particular program completely eliminates that and sets you up from a, what we call a contractor to a designer. And there are many levels of evolution from there and as with any education we can give you the all the tools to do that it's up to you to determine which one of those tools all or some work for you so it's a way to in a way get you more professionalized in front of any client it grows your business to a professional level it teaches you how to get it from pencil and paper onto the computer and drawing and so forth. So, you know, so many of our uh, folks work with residential clients, but when you work with a client that has, you know, a much bigger yard and they're, the cost of your project's gonna start climbing from up to 20 and higher, 20,000 and higher, that client's gonna be looking at you to say, you know, I'm spending my hard-earned cash for all of that you're gonna provide. I wanna make sure that what you're telling me is correct and all of those triggers that the client's looking at 
when you're in that conversation are coming to fruition if you've got everything laid out properly in front of you. So, and that that's a long, long answer to your short question, but there are many steps that we use to teach how to design and and just marching forward to a to a completed project. So you mentioned that this is a two or three year overall program. So yes. I'm assuming that some of that includes like classroom instruction or virtual instruction or well let me let me say usually or uh, uh, kind of funny to say that up until this year the programs were offered only at our annual conference okay it's in february and it's been held in various cities around the country and the students would sign up and it had been like a four-year program before and we tried to figure out how to make this more concise so it's down to three but it's usually been at conference. So what a student would sign up ahead of time, we would give them materials to uh, ref to learn about, and then they would attend the classroom settings at conference over a two-day period. And you'd have an entry-level class, and then you have an intermediate class, and you have a final class, and that would, that would be your third year. When you came back, you would show the completed project. So to answer your question, in this new world of, of quasi-virtual, we are looking for ways to even stream that more, but keep the, keep the information solid and correct and up-to-date and, and involved with the student. So is there a, like a, a standardized test that you guys come up with, or is it based on presentation or what? It, good question. Uh, the con there's a three part. Uh, the first year, the student is is uh, expected to present a plan to how to light up a tree in your your world, your neighborhood, your region. And this tree has to be significant. It has to be not just a any old tree, but one that is germane to your area. And we give the students the opportunity to show how to light it up with different light sources, meaning up lights, down lights, tree lights. Any, any method of applying light. And what we're doing is we're trying to show the student how to take one, one structure and light it many different ways to understand how light works on that tree. It's very basic, but you'd be surprised what students come up with, okay? So that, that kind of gets their juices flowing on what lights work, what beam spreads, what color temperatures, how can I make this as creative as possible instead of just, well, one light in the ground is gonna do it, trust me, right? <laughs> so once that part is done and the students come back and they show what they've done, we then get them into the stage two, which is the concept design. And the concept design is really all about laying out a project on paper. Either can be either something you're currently working on, which is helpful, or make it up yourself. But it's really your first chance to lay out on paper in front of the client of what your vision is going to be. And you've got to come to the table with all of that knowledge and being able to present it on paper, which is which is a struggle for some, but many take to it and realize, oh, well, this is how it looks in the professional world and that's why we're here. So now I am going to be operating in that kind of format. And that's the bridge, that's the jump for most students. <laughs> And then the third year is to take that concept design into a full-fledged um, 
completion completed project. Okay. So um, once they do all of this, and I, I would imagine that there's not a big pass or fail ratio because there's, uh, I don't know if you ever send anybody back home and say, yeah, you need to work on this a little bit better. Or... Well, uh, it, <laughs> a few, but not many, <laughs> not many. The, the, um, there's not the test is really an interview with the instructor and you are telling the instructor what you've done. You've kind of shown your project and it can be many pages. It can be just a plan line, your wire diagram, your spec sheets for your products, a finished photograph. I mean, it's very comprehensive. So that is the, if you call it test, but it is with, a, with an instructor, one-on-one -on -one, and sometimes with two-on-one. They're evaluating your professional uh, method of way you've explained what you're doing, what you've provided on paper. Is it easy to read? And those that's that is the test. One one additional factor here is that by going the professional route, and I use that appropriately here, is that up at the end of this project, any other contractor should be able to pick up the plan that you've created and install it without you being there. Sure. All of the knowledge that you've imparted onto this plan has to be readily accessible as if it's a, um, a handoff. And so that's where the clincher comes in because so many of us in our own mind, we know what to do, right? And some of those little tricks or methods may not be expressed or told, but they need to be if you're gonna give this project to someone else. So you could be designing out of state for a project and you're not going to ever be on site. So you've got to be able to make that drawing, make that project as explanatory as possible so that it can be installed. And that gets you to all the details. Right. Right. So once you pass, you get your certification and all of that. Um, how do you keep people come from, how do you keep people coming back? How do you maintain that certification so that people understand all of the new things that are going on? Uh, which people? The people that have uh, gotten the certification. How do you get them? The graduates. Okay. Right. The graduates. Well, I, I would say there's not necessarily a recertification mechanism at the moment. What, what a student would do with being having graduated is still they'll add the COLD um, credentials and on their business promotional materials, business cards, letterhead, and so forth and so on that, that actually shows that they are certified. So that is an outward expression to the clients and to your to the rest of the professional community that you come in contact with. And if you're using what you've learned, then your business will grow. You'll become more professional in the way you express what your plans are and how you show your your client what you're doing. All right. So um, do you get into things talking about, because you said 
you know, this guy, you know, if he comes up with a design, he can send it to a contractor in another state. They should be able to read their drawings and all of that. So do you get into things like, uh, uh, you know, explaining the differences between integrated fixtures and LED drop-in fixtures and inrush current and technical matters as they relate to the National Electric Code? Well, I think some of those questions come up in the classroom as as well as so so many other ones and we have a discussion about what you like you know uh drop-ins versus integrated is really going to be a matter of uh opinion uh choice selection for each installer and we can talk about favorites you know it's it's really uh it's really up to the up to the installer and the designer to decide what light fixture is going to be put in there the differences between the two are are unique to each installation, you know. Uh, we try not to get too far into the NEC. The NEC is a uh, electrical code, but it does not really govern the design element, okay? That's going to talk about safety, proper installations, pr primarily on the 120-volt side. So we always refer to an NEC code if it comes up, but that part has usually been figured out by the manufacturer before we as an installer would receive the light product. Right. So, um, so that, you know, we're free to discuss that as far as they want to go. Well, I guess I'm thinking of things like also like voltage drop and, you know, how far can you go with 12-2 cable before you got to drop down to... 10-2 or 8-2 so that after uh, the 200 old days pardon me <laughs> the old halogen days yes yeah but if you're going 250 feet out or something like that you know you're still gonna see some of that oh absolutely wait i think it was great for me to have got into the industry when voltage drop was the deal of the day you had to figure out if you have 12-2 wire you can only put on 180 watts less than 100 feet and you had to do that calculation to know if was it going to work or not uh, with with the advanced advent of LED, voltage drop is still key. It is a factor, but it's not the biggest factor of all in your project. But you still must know what it is. So to your point, if I'm going to go further, then I need to upsize the wire, right? That that's kind of that is the story there. Instead of downsizing the wire, now sometimes you will downsize the wire if the cost of the wire is an issue. You know, you're just running. 16 gauge 20 feet you know having said that you just need to know what's what's the future options on your project if there's any expansion that's needed you know you can really get into the weeds about what's specific about each different project and what's needed and that's that's uh that's where our clvlt uh course comes into play that's a certified low voltage lighting technician that AOP offers that teaches folks how to um, how to diagnose a system that's failing or what's going wrong and how to fix it. So that's a separate chapter, but it does speak to everything about voltage drop and connect connections of your system. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I certainly see that, and we discussed that with Sean last week. Is okay. how, yeah. how how important that all is, and and all of that. So um, uh, with all of the new 
technology and, and all that. And we kind of touched base on it. You know, how, how does the cold program or what does the cold program do to help members stay on top of the new technologies and, and all of that? Well, that's a good question. I think that if you're if you're a graduate of this program, you have uh, we have at least piqued your interest in learning more, at the minimum. And the sky's the limit from how far you go beyond what our course is to staying abreast of everything that's going on. So, our light lines is our uh, national um, newsletter that comes out quarterly. A wealth of information is in there if you read it. And then, so that's going to be germane to our industry right there. But we encourage folks to never, never stop learning. Stay in contact with the manufacturers. Learn who your local rep is. Ask questions. Get sample products. Be, be proactive in learning. The... Emails may come to you as a as a monthly give, but if you're not going out and looking for the information, then you uh, you need to, because there's so much out there to learn. But this program kind of gives you a start, a template to to know what's expected, if you will, and to uh, to continue that education. Because every day you're going to have a new client that's going to ask you that question you hadn't heard yet and uh that's that's the best part when you're challenged you got to go find the information right you know um one of the things that keep on coming up over and over again and it was mentioned at the uh at the annual virtual conference is you know how do i get out there and be recognized as uh you know, somebody who knows what they're doing, you know, in my city or something like that. And I, I can't think of a better way than to go through programs like this or the uh, low voltage technician um, program mm -hmm. so that you can put, you know, those letters behind your name and promote the living daylights out of being certified for design for um, you know, for the technology and, and all of that, uh, because, you know, you got, uh, um, you know, the, the mow and blow guy is, you know, they call <laughs> right. them that, uh, you know, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Homeowner come out and say, uh, to the guy that's taking care of their lawns or shrubs, Hey, we need some landscape lighting is, you know, you know, anybody that can do that. And the guy says, yeah, you know, we can do that. And, um, it, it's such a dangerous thing to do because, uh, you know, people think that 12 volts is safe and for the most part it is but if you do things that are wrong you've got uh, problems you've got problems and you've got serious problems and you've got you know fires i don't know it's just an email that i don't know where i saw this at but somebody put a uh, a post light um, on the side of a wood post on a porch or something like that. And the neighbor saw something. He comes over and this post light is got this guy's railing and banisters. You know, it's 
half burnt down and it's still smoldering and all of that. You know, people, they you know that wasn't done by the heat of the bulb. You know, <laughs> right. That was done by, um, you know, a dead short failure to use the wrong gauge wire, wrong connectors, something, but it wasn't the heat of the bulb that's going to cause that thing to go up and smoke like that. I th I think to your point how 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 do you how does one promote themselves to the right industry and it's with the letters behind your name and advertising that you are the professional you have gone to school so when the uh, when the neighbor says hey can you can you do landscape lighting that should be a a stop to say i need to posture the right posture to approach the client as the professional and use language that talks about professional installation, quality fixtures, instead of allowing the client to lead the story as if it's just kind of a, a thing you do, okay? Uh, I'll give a, another point. Uh, very early in my career here, we, we did a holiday lighting as a seasonal product project in the end of the year. And clients will call and say, can you come string some lights from my house? That was their assumption that I oh, would just, and I use the word J-U-S-T in brackets, just string lights. And I had to get away from that moniker saying, no, we come and we install holiday lighting in the best way for your home. And so my point here is use the correct language, correct the client in a loving way that builds who you are, adds to what you have to offer, and gets you to the level of professional so that you can bring a higher quality uh, mindset to the job, a higher quality product, and you may be able to and should be able to uh, ask for a better uh, installation rate that will tell the client, oh, well, look, he's got it all together. We're going to go with him because he just came off as the guy we've always been looking for instead of whoever that mow and blow guy person was in the beginning. So this is all about posture, knowledge, education, and a lot of public speaking and just being a savvy businessman. So that's kind of what we're teaching in this program here. Right, right. No, that's all, that's all great and good stuff. Um, we're approaching, uh, you know, our, our limit on time here. And I was just wondering, um, you know, heck I can talk about lighting forever. So sure. it's a good <laughs> sure. thing. It's a good thing that there's a timer on this, but is there anything else that, um, you'd want to mention to our listening audience or, or anybody like that? Well, I, I would say just go out and, and learn and discover the newest products that you could find on the shelf. Talk about who you are and what you do. People love to hear stories. Hearts and minds are changed with stories. People learn new things by hearing the stories that you share. Whoever you talk to, be able to have a, a ready elevator approach or speech on your mouth to say, well, this is what I do. Here's my card. Let's chat when you have a moment. You never know. It could be next month, could be a year from now. But just be that advocate in the lighting world that lets others know that you know what you're talking about. 
Right. You'd be surprised no. who's listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Um, get involved. Join the AOLP. Um, get involved with these a uh, couple of educational programs. Uh, it will do nothing but help your business. We so. also uh, have seen there's a Facebook page where there are, it's by, you know, you've got to be a member to be involved, but that's a free exchange of ideas there. So, you know, it's an easy touchstone to tap into and just ask your question, but it's within our network, a closed network. So that is there in case you need something already on the fly. Right. Uh, and I've, um, I enjoy going on that site and seeing the questions and, and things like that. So, no, it is good. That's all, that's all good stuff. Well, Michael, thank you very much for uh, participating in the Lighted Up podcast. We hope to have this uh, out within the next uh, couple of weeks. It'll be great to um, have uh, you and Andy and, and Sean, you know, back to back to back talking about the AOLP and everything that it has to offer. And uh, now I just I, I look at, I look forward to the involvement. So thanks again. And uh, um, I hope we can get, we can stay in touch and, and talk lighting at some time in the future. I look forward to it, Tom. It's nice to bring us into a new light. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you later. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Mm -hmm.